Hey friends, this is Holly Goodman, and you're listening to Isaac's Autism Wild podcast, where we focus on topics related to raising loved ones touched by autism and its impact on relationships and family. I'll be sharing some of my personal parenting experiences, raising my son Isaac, who passed away in 2007, as well as an entirely different parenting experience as I now raise my son Caleb, who never ceases to blow my mind with his beautiful autism perspectives. So grab a drink and join me as I interview this week's group of exceptional autism parents. All right. Well, thanks for joining me for this podcast of Isaac's Autism Wild. Today, we were talking about friendships. Um, and we could do so much with this particular podcast um, that because I think, um, I guess it would, I would say that depending on your child's function and ability, you know, friendships are either not desired because for Johnson Cooper, um, no interest in friendships because he's ASD level three. But when we talk about making our way down the, um, the, the spectrum, if you will, then we start encountering individuals with autism and other disabilities that really want friends, but it's a little bit more challenging in terms of how we navigate that. And so that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Um, so when we start making our way down the spectrum of our friends with autism and other disabilities, having friends and keeping them is something that they desire, but it's a little bit more complicated. And if you're not familiar, I use in my trainings a lot the uh, the Big Bang Theory friendship algorithm. Um, and I'm going to post it actually in this particular podcast when we post this, when it goes live so that you can, can see it. Because I actually believe, oh, here it is. Um, for those that are joining me here, this is the friendship algorithm, which kind of takes, it's like a nice little flow chart that the character Sheldon Cooper created um, when he was wanting to make friends with a different character, um, Kripke, or is that it? Krepke is the name of the character that he was, um, he wanted something from him. For how you navigate, like placing the phone call, is the person home, yes or no? And it's this nice little flow chart of, um, you know, kind of how to navigate these different things. And I love this particular um, visual because for, you know, again, for Johnson Cooper, who's more significantly challenged, like there's zero desire to have friendships, you know, like literally it's a challenge for him to just even be able to communicate his needs and wants. Um, but for others, they really do want friendships. And so I love this visual because it really actually has been a really helpful coaching tool, believe it or not, for like helping Caleb navigate some of these things. Like, you know, and it takes you all the way through, like towards the end of it. And you can actually watch a video clip of it in YouTube. Maybe I'll paste that to that, to this podcast as well. Um, Cause you can see where this comes up in one of their episodes, but they have to decide, you know, like, do we share any common interests? And then they start trying to figure out um, if they have any common interests. And, and so I guess that's where I want to start with you guys is that you guys are, I have parents joining me tonight. And you guys have um, experience or maybe have a story or two to share with us about um, kind of how it has worked in terms of your loved one making friends and keeping friends or maybe some successes and some fails. So why don't we start with David, you're in my Brady Bunch top, David, do you want to kind of just, you know, first explain <laughs> to me why this was an important podcast for you to um, join, because obviously you're here today, so you must have a feeling about or a perspective on friendships when it comes to um, to our loved ones that I want to hear, and then we're going to move on to my friend Michelle, who's also joining us, because I also want to hear your same perspective. You obviously are here today, because you have something you want to share, and then we'll go from there. 
It's interesting in that uh, we lived in the valley. We made a move. Um, we we're going to a new school. And all our concern was about, gosh, how is Morgan going to adjust? You know, Piper is probably just going to flow seamlessly into this new school. What are we going to do? Let's brace for Morgan's, you know, potential terror nightmare. Um, the absolute opposite occurred. And um, Piper had a really, really hard time adjusting on so many different levels. And what happened with Morgan, and let's just consider it, you know, a stroke of really, really good fortune. She just stumbled into a class and classmates that I told people by, you know, four months in, she's got this wonderful group of friends. I'm not sure if she knows it or not, but she just does. And it was just these three other girls with either various issues or just a very compassionate heart. One of them who turns out to also have a brother with autism. Um, and that being said, it wasn't exactly... I mean, they always hung out together. They always, you know, greeted Morgan when she got there. She didn't always express a desire to want to hang out with them. So then it became, and I, I shared this on a previous podcast. It was almost like, this is my task. This is my project. This is my, this is my function in life now is to facilitate this friendship, these friends. And so I became like super dad, like, cool. Let's, I mean, and I'll just refer to their initials MMA, which is, funny in its own right but <laughs> the three girls mma and they're just wonderful but i would just round them all up hey let's go to the local you know drain your energy trampoline park and then when we turn around we'll go home and we'll have pizza and then you guys can all go in the hot tub and i was doing this lather rinse repeat over and over and over again and just because morgan wouldn't express the desire on her own in fact morgan at some point would want to tap out and then Piper would take over because she just loved having the older <laughs> girls around. Um, what I did notice though, after a certain amount of time is I was wearing myself out because it was just like, I was over committing, over committing, over committing. Meg's like, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. This is normal. <laughs> this is normal. And then um, there was one point where I just like, I had just come home from a business trip the day before. It was a long grind of a week. And then we had the girls over again. And I just looked at Meg, I'm like, what, what am I doing? She's like, exactly. And it, it wasn't a bad thing. It was just Morgan still doesn't really have the desire unless the idea is presented to her or, you know, we just force the um, play date on her. Um, but even then she's only got a limited capacity. And then this week, you know, she went back to her um, local chapter of her, um, church youth group and she was panic stricken and we checked in with all the girls said you know because mma they're all there too and we just said hey are all of them going to be there and the parents like oh and they ran out and they greeted her it was also the first day of school so it was overwhelming for her first day of school then this they all ran out and greeted her but the problem was now that she's at the age where they've mixed her in with the boys dun, 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 dun. and um she just did not have a good time and just said the boys were loud and crazy. And that's all she could focus on, even though all of her friends were there. That's all she got out of it, which is to say, we have been very fortunate that this group of friends have developed around her, but we still don't have her at the level where it's like, Hey, I'd really like to go hang out with X. Hey, I'd really like to have them over for a play date. We're still doing all the work for her. 
Yeah, and will you just for those that may not be as familiar with Morgan, can you just give us the background, her age and then Piper's age and Piper's your neurotypical daughter, Morgan's your daughter with autism. Can you just share their ages just for perspective? Yeah, at this point, Morgan is now 12. Piper just turned 11. So they're very close in age, um, 12 and 11. I mean, 21 months apart. And um, yeah, neurotypical Piper. And, you know, she loves Morgan's friends as much as Morgan does, maybe even more. In fact, the wonderful dynamic plug for your siblings program, Holly Lytle, is that like there was one time where it was actually Piper who was... Um, playing with so they had both the roblox and the facetime going of the mma it was the a that piper was playing with and morgan was downstairs not paying attention and i could hear friend a uh in tears on with piper and struggling about you know her relationship with her sibling with autism um and Piper just in a moment of amazing compassion said, yeah, I, I understand. I did. I get the same thing too. And I'm like, Ooh, huge plug for your sibling pro- program right there, Holly, because those are two siblings right there co- connecting. And even though that a is actually Morgan's friends, it was Piper and miss a that were connecting at that level of just understanding and compassion. So that's certainly a residual benefit of the friendship there too. Yeah, no, that's true. That's a good point. Miss Michelle, you're joining me. So I'm you have some you want to share on this subject. And so I'm excited to hear your perspective. And so give us feedback, give us a background on your family dynamic, because you don't join us as regular. So I want to make sure people know, know your family. So I have four boys. Um, I have two neurotypical and two on the spectrum. Um, Our most recent one was just diagnosed in January. So I've definitely seen the friendship thing on both sides of it. Um, For my oldest autism one is he's 13 now. He'll be 14 next month. Um, I think our biggest struggle was going from elementary school to middle school a few years back. And I think when they start, because before he was in a, um, a restrictive classroom and every kid in attendance was a boy. So he had zero interaction with girls. Like we didn't have any kind of, I mean, I have all boys at home. So it's like, we had nothing to kind of base that on. And so the minute he hit middle school, I think there was a huge transition there because we went mainstream for a part of his classes. Next thing I know, like halfway through the school year, all of a sudden there's a girl. We're very interested in her. And um, it was like this, super weird relationship where yeah I saw the girl and I was like oh oh does she know anything about Aiden I was like she's a sixth grader she's very well endowed like she's very gorgeous girl like here's Aiden who's kind of just a really kind of socially awkward kid like all he wants to do is talk at you about Roblox and Pokemon and I don't think this is necessarily what a girl is looking for and there was a lot of back and forth on text she would call him and then she would go really hot and cold like she would call him a whole bunch of times and want to talk to him and text him. And then she'd be like, stop calling me, stop texting me. And for Aiden, he was getting emotional whiplash back and forth, like just didn't understand. And I, I appreciate so much. He came to me one day and he goes, yeah, we're, she says I can't call her anymore. And I think it's all my fault. And I'm like, okay, well, tell me what happened. He goes, well, I text her 63 times. And I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> He's... <laughs> He starts showing me all the text messages. It's like, he's like, I told her I loved her. And she said she didn't. And I told her she was a liar. And I was like, oh, no. 
Oh boy. We had to go oh. <laughs> We had to go through a lot of conversations to be like, okay, first of all, you can't tell a girl you love her. You can't tell her she's a liar because she doesn't love you back. Like you can't rapid fire text message sixty-three times <laughs> if she doesn't respond back. And luckily this girl moved away and that kind of sorted itself out, but that was definitely a really hard one to walk him through and yeah yeah it was rough really really rough but even on the friendship side like he connected with a kid that I never would have envisioned him like all of a sudden it just kind of popped up in conversation and this kid really liked Aiden and wanted to hang out with him and wanted to have sleepovers and the mom thought Aiden was like the greatest kid in the world and I'm like where is this family coming from? I was like, do you understand? Like he takes medication four times a day. And like, do you understand? We've got some things we work through where he just doesn't sleep during the nighttime. And sometimes he wants to just roam the fridge in the pantries all night, every night. Oh yeah, it's great. Have him come over. We don't mind. We'll feed him all day. And I was like, can you take him more? Can you take him a lot more? Like, really? Yeah. So now, Michelle, and is this is this friend that Aiden made? Is he so? Then he also was in one of his classes with his like of like special needs classes, or is this a neurotypical friend he made? So this kid has not been officially diagnosed. Um, I've heard from the mom that she wants to get him tested, but what I found was the most craziest thing is that he's actually two grades younger than Aiden. They only met on the bus that takes really? them back and forth to school. Yeah. Craziest thing ever. They don't share any classes together. Really? They just met on the bus. Yes. And it was like the most uncharacteristic parent. Like everyone said, yeah. I feel so bad because they reached out a couple of weeks ago and wanted to have Aiden spend the night when COVID-19 first started. And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. And I was like, ooh, ooh, wait, nope sorry, we can't do sleepovers right now. Like, and I felt bad having to tell Aiden that because he was super disappointed, but I'm so excited that he found a friendship and same thing. It's not one that he asks to hang out with. It's not one that he actively seeks out that friendship, but every once in a while that kid will call and be like, can Aiden come over? And it's just, it's the kid just kind of keeps refreshing it. When it happens, it happens. That's great. We're excited, but I've done like David where we've had, you know, friends that have come and gone and I, same thing, I stretched myself so far to the max to create all these really great play opportunities. And at one point I sat in the living room and I looked and I have three kids and they're all in separate corners playing tablets by themselves, not interacting at all. And that was their play date and they loved it. That it was the greatest thing ever. I was just, well, that's I, a really good it, point, Michelle. I, I mean, that's a good point. And that, you know, what we consider to be a successful play date may not necessarily be what um, what it ends up looking like, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not successful. And that's what I kind of had to work myself through, because at the same time that I feel like Aiden's kind of made some better friendships now that we're in middle school and our school district kind of weird that we have like four elementary schools that filter into like a couple of like into one middle school or two middle schools that then filtered one big high school. So friendships that he had at a different school, he's now reconnecting with kids from elementary school that he hasn't seen in three years now that we're at the middle school. So he's kind of redeveloping some of those friendships from before he was officially diagnosed, which has been kind of fun to see. But same thing. He doesn't actively seek out those friendships. Half the time he doesn't know where his phone is. Like, but it's enough to keep him happy. And I think we're okay with that right now. Yeah. 
Well, I'm with you guys. Um, we don't, it, it's funny because, um, you know, Caleb is a pretty social kid, but he's not, um, so, you know, he, he doesn't necessarily like being, well, I can't say that he does like being alone. Like, um, it's, he'll be home with family. Very rarely does he ever ask us, um, or actually express to us that he, um, like, is you know craving companionship of others with the exception of one person um and that's his cousin so his cousin who he was, he's grown up with his whole life and is a little bit older than him is the only person in all of these years that caleb ever makes a request to like hang out with and so it's one of those things where they get along so great and i always and really most of the time when his cousin Braden comes over. They're mostly just playing video games. They will actually, Braden is great because he's older and he's neurotypical. Um, and so he really plays down because Caleb socially and emotionally is just so much more mature, immature than the kids that are his age. And so that's, I think where it's really hard is that like in preschool and early elementary, um, I felt like playdates were a little bit easier because they were kind of all in the same place. And, you know, Caleb was, you know, academically behind and had some struggles. Um, it was fine. But then once you get to a certain point, um, you know, all of a sudden the kids are transitioning into, you know, liking girls and wanting to do different things. And he still wants to play Legos. He still actually has stuffed animals that he likes to, he calls it making a movie with his stuffed animals. Um, he's still super into Pokemon and the cards and like just doing all of that stuff. Um, but that's not really where boys, because Caleb's currently 12 and just started seventh grade. It's just not really where his peers, his you know, his neurotypical peers are at. And so his cousin, keep in mind, is a, is a little bit older than him. I think he's nine or 10 months older than him. And he's great about playing down to Caleb. So he will, you know, and it's not that he's humoring him at all. I think he genuinely likes to come over and, and do some of those activities that, you know, they used to do and that are comfortable. But yet when Braden, I think is when his other friends and there's that kind of that expectation that it's like, he's got to be the cool kid and I got to do this. And I can't like any of those things anymore. Um, but Caleb doesn't know anything different. You know, he still plays with his action figures and, and I love that about him, but it does definitely change the dynamic of how you pursue friendships in like middle school, if you know what I mean, because Caleb also, you know, he's in Gen Ed. Um, and has been oh, primarily yeah. in Gen Ed all of these years where he gets pulled out to go to the resource room and he's made some great friends in resource room. And he actually talks more about the kids in resource that he has in his resource time than he does about any particular person um, that's in, you know, his Gen Ed class with the exception of one. there's one boy who he was in preschool with who he adores. His name is Bo. I'm giving Bo a shout out because I'm telling you, he's a great kid. Um, and he is always, you know, he, you know, once Caleb transitioned back over to Hutton, um, you know, they reconnected. And so he's really the only kid that Caleb really like seeks out. That's a neurotypical that's not part of our family. Um, and he's just a really sweet boy. But um, and, you know, maybe he's still friends with Caleb, because way back when, when we were in preschool with him, and I've said this, I've actually mentioned this story before, but I'm going to recap it for those that may not have listened to every single podcast. This is the young boy where when they were in preschool, Caleb got invited to his birthday party. And this was the first birthday party that Caleb had ever been invited to. So when I asked Caleb what we needed to get Bo, 
he was like, oh, he wants the Batman garage, this, that, and the other. And so when we went to pick it out, I want to say it was like maybe $75, you know what I mean? And I was like, done. So we bought it and we like, you know, wrapped it up, brought it to the birthday party. And um, the mom called me later because they actually, we didn't, they didn't unwrap it at the party. Cause you know, they, which is very smart when you're like in preschool, like yeah. that is just like the kiss of death in my head. Anyway, so the mom called me later and she said, we can't accept this gift. Like this is just way too much. And I was like, I don't really think it is because Caleb's never been invited to a birthday party before. So this is like a culmination of those 10 to $15 gifts that have just been stockpiling all this time. And since Bo is his best buddy in the whole world, and he never gets invited to anything else. I'm like, this just like blow the whole thing on this little boy. And of course she said it was exactly what he wanted. Um, so I don't know if Bo has remained friends with Kayla because he knows we're good gift givers, but I'm okay with that. Sadly, <laughs> I'm actually okay with that. Um, so that might be the second part of how do you keep friends and, you know, how do you make friends and keep them is, is that you buy them extravagant gifts so that they keep inviting you back. So that could be, um, I guess there's kind of two parts of this, you know, David, you shared the story about how you were kind of facilitating those, those activities in order to keep the girls um, wanting to connect. But with that being said, you've also mentioned to me, maybe I don't remember if we were podcasting and you mentioned this in the podcast, or if we were just talking off um, the recording, but Morgan had all of a sudden kind of, she's kind of blossomed and now she's actually seeking more kind of companionship and is that just with like family members or do you think that this is kind of she's she's COVID-19 out and she's just like, I'm, I'm done with my family and I want like the connection with other people? That was more specifically with her sister. That was the interesting dynamic um, of, you know, as I mentioned before, Piper being 11 and the neurotypical one and being the little sister and seeking the affection of her older sister for you know, six, seven years and getting nothing or limited in return because her older sister just didn't have the need, desire or wherewithal to really deliver on that. And then Piper turns into the flaming ball of rage. And all of a sudden, as Morgan develops, all she's the one that's like, hey, Piper, I want to do this and this. And Piper's just like, yeah, no. And, um, you know, to the point where Morgan even says she's breaking my heart. And I'm like, I, I didn't even know you were capable of having your heart broken in that way. But it, it, that, you know, in itself, it, it's sweet, but it's also, um, you know, it's a bummer. But at the same time, it's just recently they've kind of gotten. So I was at Lake Coeur d'Alene the other day and they were burying me in the sand. And, you know, oh, Morgan oh, does not, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Morgan does not. It's, it's hard for Morgan to take instruction from anybody because instruction to her comes off as like, you're in my face, you're shouting at me and you're telling me what to do. She doesn't understand. She can't distinguish that that's instruction and trying to be helpful. So that was going on. And then, you know, Piper's trying to help her. Morgan's starting to wig out a little bit. And then finally Piper comes out. She's like, Morgan, I'm sorry for trying to give you instruction. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to make it fun for you. So, I mean, just, I'd never even heard that interaction. And luckily I was completely, I was a captive audience because I couldn't move. So I got to hear the entire interaction because I'm buried in sand. Um, something else that just came up like last than, uh, two nights ago, um, Morgan says, I'm, I'm afraid to be 13. I'm afraid to be a teenager. And I said, how come? And she said, because I still play with dolls and I don't know if other kids are going to still be playing with dolls at my age. And I said, you know what, Morgan, 
I don't want you to stop playing with dolls until you're ready to stop playing with dolls. And I don't really care what the other kids think. Now, you know, that's easy for me to say. And I just said, you're going to find plenty of kids that still want to play with dolls. Or you're going to find the kids that love you, whether you play with dolls or not. You've already got this wonderful group of friends. And I'm actually quite thankful that her uh, middle school experience has started virtually. I don't know how that would have looked like with her on campus. She was so afraid of going to middle school and she so loved her elementary school. And I just kept trying to remind her that like, you didn't even know your elementary school going in three years later, you love it. So the same experience could happen in middle school as I crossed my fingers and say, like (laughs) said, nobody ever middle school was a wonderful experience. Um, but at the same time, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, what I I had what I had been told is that the kids from her particular elementary school still look after each other when they get to middle school, and her particular class was one that really looked out for her anyway. So I don't know if any of this qualifies for friendship, but it just qualifies as you know making this an easier experience than it would normally be for somebody in her situation. Well, you know, and that brings up a really good point because middle school is where yeah. I think we struggled at. Um, Aiden had a couple of kids that he's not very forthcoming with the fact that he's autistic. Like, he's not embarrassed of it by any means, but I think he kind of senses, especially with going into, as I like to call it, the gen pop classes, like he can be a little bit different. Like I said, he tends to get his work done quickly, doesn't like to work in a group. But we had a situation where he called me one day and was just, extremely upset because somebody had called him an autist and I didn't know what that was. And he went, brought it to the counselor and counselor's like, Oh, it's just a made up word. The minute I looked it up online, it's actually, I think either a Minecraft or a Roblox term that could be um, basically a derogatory term for somebody who's autistic. And I had to do a little bit of digging online to find that, but I had to go back to the counselor and be like, Hey, before you're so quick to dismiss this, take a little time, do the research like I did, because I was like, you're not going to be able to either A, explain it to him or ease his concerns if you're not, I mean, I didn't know what the word meant, but I was like, I had to go online, Google it, and then found out that, yeah, it's like, no, that's not, it's basically the equivalent of the R word if somebody needs it in the right derogatory term. And it's like, if Aiden got a bad feeling from it, like his feelings are what matters, not what, you, you know, I was like, you have to be able to explain what that intention was. Cause I'm like, is this a friend of yours that said that? Like, it could have been in a joking manner. And he's like, no, I don't even know this kid. And I was like, okay, well, now I have some bigger concerns. Like, let's go back. Let's educate ourselves on what can, but then like, let me explain to you on why you don't need to hang out with this kid at lunch. Like, you don't need to play chess with him. Like, I was like, you don't need to go looking for that friendship for somebody who obviously is not taking your feelings into consideration. So again, that middle school piece is really hard yeah. for kids. It's going to be mean. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, and, really mean. Oh, that's awful. And I actually, I don't love the counselor's response because, you know, here's the thing. If that would have been a derogatory term towards a student of color or a student that, you know, was identifying as a different sex or something, that met, that would have been addressed immediately. Absolutely. And so it's a little frustrating that that counselor wasn't being more supportive about the fact that we, I mean, it's not the word retard, 
but it is still the equivalent of that yeah. when you use it in a derogatory manner. So that's a little disappointing. So I'm good for you, mom, for really pursuing that. I'm, I'm proud to be in the same tribe as you because that's, Aww. you know, you don't change things unless you actually start putting a voice to some of these things. <laughs> I've seen a flip side of things from Jackson because him being newly diagnosed just in January, he's at the elementary school level. And I was telling David before we got started, we had just done a um, psych eval through a Zoom call um, trying to get kind of all the official, you know, the little side diagnosis that kind of go with it. And she asked him a lot about friendship. And it was interesting to just see her, his answers on that, where she was like, you know, do you have friends at school? And he's like, oh, yeah, I've got these three friends that he names three kids I've never heard in my life. He's never mentioned them before. And I was like, who are these kids? Like. He's like, yeah, I hang out with, I know this person and this person and this person and we're best friends. And she's like, oh, do you guys play together? No, no, we don't. She's like, well, do you guys like hang out at school? No, I play by myself. Okay, well, why don't you play together? Well, I think people think I'm weird, so I don't have any friends. And I think that was the most heartbreaking thing as a parent to hear that, you know, on one hand, he considers these three kids from his class like his absolute best friends. But then I'll flip side goes, well, I'm weird. So I don't think people like me because of that. Like that was so hard to hear on a parent's side. Yeah, oh, that is hard. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, that's the same. We're kind of in the same boat, too, because, you know, Caleb sits at a table at lunch, but it's not necessarily people he considers to be his friends, because understand that for Caleb, lunch is a necessary evil. He is forced to sit in a lunchroom with a bunch of kids that are having conversations that create a lot of auditory information that he hates. And then... To just make the situation a thousand times even better, you have all of the smells of everybody's lunches and whatever they're serving in the cafeteria that is just assaulting his senses. And so yeah. most of the time he sits there with his eyes closed and he breathes through his mouth because it makes it better. And then as soon as he sits there for however many minutes, they ask them to sit there. And he tries to eat. Usually he doesn't even eat his lunch because it's just not appealing at that particular time. Then they excuse him and he can go outside. So then, of course, now you're ending up at the end of the day with a hangry Caleb because he's now hungry and angry and irritable. And so that's the thing. If I was to ask him, who do you sit and have lunch with? Like, I don't know that he could have even told me. And that's the thing is that he goes outside and plays. But here's what's funny. Caleb gets really bent because like these little first graders will, you know, cause he was in the sixth grade and these little first graders would come up and they would just follow him all over the place. And I, I think, I don't think it was meant to be bullying at all. I think they wanted to play with him. And because again, Caleb plays at a lower level and Caleb, but they, the younger kids saw Caleb as a big kid um, with some of the similar interests. He was so upset because these little first graders were following everywhere and he felt like he was being harassed when really they were wanting to play with him because they really looked up to him as being an older kid, you know, fifth grade, sixth grader. And he was to considering that like bullying. And so I'm like, literally, I'm like, oh my gosh, my kid's being bullied by first graders. It's like, no, actually, they just want to hang out with them and play the same activities. But he considered that bullying activity. And so it's kind of like, oh man, um, having to work through and explain those things to him. How do you tell the difference? But he, it was just unaccepted. It just, it was not 
he didn't desire that. And so he took it as bullying, even though it was completely well intended. And I will say too, I'm with you, David. I was, was very lucky the two years that Caleb was at Hutton, um, our elementary school, like I never, Caleb never felt like he was always in gen and classes and pulled out for special ed. And again, he talked more about his kids in resource room than he did about the gen ed kids. But when Caleb had a birthday party and he wanted to invite a couple of the kids from his gen ed class, they came and they were so sweet. And I don't, I didn't feel condescending or um, even some of the card that they wrote, you know, like they just knew exactly the things that Caleb liked. Um, and that, you know, Caleb, I just think you're so cool. Um, you know, you're the coolest kid. Uh, I just, I kept it because it was just so sweet and just really good hearts that again, it made me have some confidence that when they go into junior high, middle school, um, maybe, just maybe he'll have that group of kids that were with him at Hutton that kind of know that he just functions in a different way to be there to support him. But now we're in COVID, so everything's virtually. So then, of course, I'm trying to scan through, like, all the pictures of the kids in some of these classes. And it's so hard because it's like, oh, wait, I recognize the name, Caleb. Like, isn't that this kid or that kid? Um, but it's hard. And so um, there's just so much, so many more of them. I will say, I think virtual learning for Caleb is actually going well in that there's so much less social expectation yes. uh, that a school day requires when they're in-person yes. learning. And so he's just focusing in on the teacher. Everybody has their mics. You know, he knows that he has to respond in the chat for certain things. He knows where to go. To, I mean, so in some aspects, like for Caleb, this COVID thing is like, love it. So good. Like kiss. Mwah, awesome. Because it actually has really helped, um, you know, helped in terms of kind of um, eliminated a lot of the social uh, overwhelm of what school provides. and. But, you know, my mom heart breaks because like, again, during COVID-19, at no point ever has Caleb expressed to me that he misses someone from school and that he wants me to reach out to them to try and organize a play date. I mean, his cousin, yes, but anybody that he went to school with? No. What about you, David? I just, I think there's a perception. It's the perception that, uh, that we have, and I follow into it what a friendship looks like to me as opposed to what a friendship looks like to Morgan, which means, um, you know, different expectations. I remember even at a young age, we had friends that had a daughter. Her name was Taylor. And I mean, all the way to her house, let's go to Taylor's, Taylor, 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 Taylor. We get there and she sits in the corner, not interacting with Taylor at all, playing with the toys at Taylor's house. Meanwhile, <laughs> Piper and Taylor are like, you know, interacting and then on the way home oh taylor's house it was great taylor like really <laughs> did you even recognize that taylor was there uh but pick her out so of the lineup just, yeah no, to me it's like maybe just being in the proximity of somebody that they know has been nice to them and that they feel comfort with is their definition of friendship um the other thing too is um you know, the younger kids, I mean, Morgan just, uh, she is amazing with the younger kids. I remember being, and see, here's the thing too, Morgan loves going to the school dances, which you would think is like the opposite of the environment that she'd want to be in. Loud music, lots of kids, uh, you know, kind of frenetic and chaotic, and she just loves it. Now, she loves it because they have Cheetos. She loves it because sometimes <laughs> they have cramps. She loves it because there's a spot that like, you know, she can take a picture, but 
at her school, they have this program and you guys have probably seen it. The buddies where like, they have the little tiny kid buddy and her buddy comes running up and it's almost like developmentally they're at the same level. But as you had mentioned before, her buddy just like was just absolutely over the moon to see Morgan and they took a picture together and Morgan was over the moon. So being in proximity and the fact that they're there, maybe there's a comfort and reassurance there. And it's not the kind of interaction you would see in a normal friendship, but to them, that just might be what friendship looks like. That might be, you know, the continuous of what friendship is just like the friend she has now. It doesn't even necessarily mean interaction. I may never get it, but in just hearing you guys talk about it and the in the similarities, there's gotta be a component where it's just that. Well, that's a great point. When Aiden was at the middle school or um, elementary school, when it was his last year at elementary school, he used to go down to the kindergarten class and read to the kids. And that was huge for him. Like the fact that he could go in and read these storybooks to them and he would do all the different character voices. Well, when we got into his first year of middle school, Cheney is so max capacity that they actually put a preschool class at the middle school. And so they would have the kids show up after everybody started class and they would leave their day before everybody dismissed. But I had suggested that when Aiden started the middle school, because he paired up so well with the younger kids. And it's the same thing. Like I saw a whole different side to him. When I heard that at conferences that he had been reading to the kindergartners, I was like, what? I was like, he can't even stand his younger brothers. Like, are you sure that's a really good fit? But, but it's been, it's been such a huge thing for him. So it actually was really beneficial when they had the little kids at the middle school. He loved it. Thrived completely. Interestingly, so I'm going to fast forward this because I was just, I think it was probably about three weeks ago, I was meeting with um, a young man who's actually an adult. He uh, is just struggling, trying to, high-functioning autism. I, I believe he's 28. Um, but he's really struggling because he just doesn't feel like he fits in with the traditional world. And the problem that he was expressing to me was kind of along the same, that he didn't really have friends, but the people that he connected with, he says, you know, I felt, I feel like my brain functions awesome as a teenager, like a high school age teenager. Like I can function really well and very high functioning in that world. But where I don't function is in this capacity as, as an adult, because adulting is hard for him. And then, of course, too, he wants to have friends. But he says that the people that he connects with and has the most in common are basically like teenagers, like in high school. And I said, well, why, why, why are you thinking? Cause he's so frustrated not being able to find anyone that's 28 years old that he can hang out with that has the same interests and same, um, that's developmentally kind of that same place. And I said, well, why, instead of continuing to try and find those 28 year olds that are at your place, why not just be comfortable hanging out with young teenager, you know, teenagers that maybe like have, cause they'll have the same interests. And he said to me, he says, and you don't think that's going to look a little creepy, a 28 year old dude hanging out with these young kids. And I was just like, well, you kind of have a point. You know what I mean? Like for me, it wouldn't be necessarily a red flag because I understand the developmental places that they are at. Um, so even in a 28 year old body, but you're absolutely right. Like he says, and I said, you know, I would bet probably their family would be okay with it too, because they understand autism and that social emotional level. But he says, but what will everybody else think? And I was like, you know what? I, I really can't argue with that because there are kind of some social stigmas when you get to a certain age and then you're hanging out with people that are, are younger than you. And he says, I'm, I don't want to be that person. I don't want people to think that I... 
I'm a weirdo. And it's really just unfortunately sad that there are some social stigmas that are associated with that. I think that we are finally starting to get to a point, though, where a lot of these stigmas are being addressed. And, you know, I know people, and I'm one of them, by the way, like, oh, we're overly PC, we're overly this, over that. But there's, you know, there's a, there's a benefit and a drawback to everything. And I think the benefit is the generation that our kids are coming up with now have an awareness that, you know what, um, these, you know, the special needs kids are part of society. Um, and they, uh, you know, we've received, we've reached a level of awareness that, you know, we're going to be involved with them throughout our lives. And I just, you see within the kids like, oh, they have, you know, autism. Oh, they have downs. Okay. Where it was like, your parents, like, let me prepare you for this. This kid has downs. This kid has autism. Like, yeah. <gasps> I mean, the way we've approached it as yeah. parents and now the way kids are approaching it. Oh yeah. They have autism. Oh yeah. They have downs. Like, oh, cool. It's almost like, oh, you know, they have freckles. I mean, you know, not quite that. Yes, you're you know, so perfect, right, yeah. But at the same, yeah, but at the same time, it's just like, oh, okay, so that's what they have. And so because of that, like if they see somebody, if they observe somebody like disparaging, you've got kids rallying and saying, hey, what are you doing? You know, why would you even say that? Leave mm-hmm. them alone, that kind of thing. You're seeing more and more of that. And so I, I think that gives me hope too that, that scenario you just described, yes, of course, there's always going to be concerns. At the same time, you know, if somebody is thoughtful enough and caring enough to kind of explain the situation, there's a lot more, you, well, people are a lot more receptive to it now. Well, I don't know if you guys have noticed anything like this, but Aiden had a friend at school that is non-binary. So then the very same day he came home and he goes, I'm non-binary now and I'm no longer going to be called Aiden. And he spent the whole day coming up with a new name that we needed to call him that was gender neutral. He changed not only his first name, but his middle name too. And it kind of comes and goes. Some days he's okay with being called Aiden and other days he wants to be called something else. And so trying to go through that or as we're watching television shows and certain situations come up, we have to pause and explain, you know, what, what does gay mean or what does this look like? And, and so I feel like we're, gal that he's 13 or almost 14, and we're coming across a lot more situations that are the unknown that are like, well, how do we explain that to him so that he understands it? It's hard. Yes. And that he understands and also can have a level of acceptance of that too, because I don't know about you guys, but Caleb isn't always accepting of other people's and that's the thing. It's like we want people to be accepting of him, but yet he is sometimes very rigid about other people's um, it's not, you know, like necessarily special needs differences. It's mostly just like, you know, he, you know, has like, he doesn't like the color red. So if someone always wears the color red or has red shoes, I'm not going to like that person. Okay. Well, you know what? Like, that's not really life. You know what I'm saying? So Caleb has strong preferences about, it's so funny because he can be so tolerant about some things and then he can be so like intolerant when his teacher wears a red shirt or something like that until you start liking it and get over it. You know what I mean? But cause I'm your mom. So, and you have to love me no matter what. Um, so here's another question I have for you guys too, is when we talk about um, friends and, you know, again, Caleb talks more about his resource room friends than he does uh, his gen ed friends, but you want to know the other um, people. Um, and when I say people, I mean, just, this is just a couple people that I hear the most about are people that he has made friends with on Roblox or his other video games. So there are people that he's connected to <laughs> through PS4 
who are you talking like uh, it's like he's having a conversation in the living room so I come out I'm like oh my god who are you talking to and he's like my friend I'm like what friend he's like gamer 6249er and I'm like but what's his real name I don't know and I'm just like wait but this is and, and he'll talk about well gamer 64 you know and like niner or whatever it is said blah 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 now when I hear this kid's voice it, he sounds like he's probably around nine, which wouldn't surprise me because Caleb is kind of, again, socially and emotionally behind because I've heard this kid's voice and he sounds, he's got this little tiny voice, but this is just one of his favorite phones in the whole world. And I'm just like, but we have, I have no idea what country he, I don't, you know, maybe he lives in the United States, but he does have a bit of an accent. And so it's like, who knows where this person lives? But this is one of his besties because they play all the time together on PS4. Do you guys have that? Or am I just, I have to feel like I have more people in my time that know what I'm talking about here. Oh my God, Holly, I haven't the foggiest clue what you're talking about in that like, you lie. if Morgan finds an actual friend on Roblox, that you know she's like well if if she plays roblox and you play roblox then go ahead and friend her she's like well i can't well why well i've already got my limit of 200 i'm like sweetie you don't have 20 friends what do you mean 200 well i don't want to hurt one of their feelings i'm like so some kid in norway that you've never met that you played one game you don't want to hurt their feelings okay i get it but i think little norwegian cindy is going to be fine if she somehow doesn't end up on your friend list so you can have your actual friend on there and okay. it, she, it, really, she, it pains her to have to let one go that she's right. never met. But I will say, you know, if we want to get into a broader discussion, and I think, you know, this certainly um, affects not only Morgan, but also Piper. But some, this also, it's, I sit there and at first I'm like, oh, I'm nervous. I don't understand this. But this is the way kids are learning to interact with each other in a way that we never, so I feel like, you know, that parent that like, what are you guys doing? What's that rock and roll music? Oh, it's going to be the downfall of earth. Well, at first I kind of go there and I'm like, no, this is just what kids are doing now. So let me take a step back and see that like, you know, their interaction for the most part, I mean, Piper learned some socially conscious stuff that I never taught her that she learned um, through the friends on Roblox to the point where like, this gives me some hope that they're going to do it for each other. The thing that I can't do for her, or maybe I can't connect with because I am now too old to like say, well, why would you think that way? And, and they're getting it through that type of friendship. Now, you know, with Morgan, um, you know, and I've talked about this before, the danger is, you know, sometimes the kids don't understand who they're dealing with. And so when they, when they're playful teasing in that platform, and the thing is, this is Morgan's world. Roblox is his wor her world. So when you're messing with her in that platform, it really sends her sideways. And I think I'll say, I said this on a previous podcast, but I'll say it again, to the point where I had to get in there with my user, because yes, I have one too, but it's kind of fun to pop Woo, in on the girls sometimes. Like, yeah, but it's fun, <laughs> it's fun sometimes to pop in on the girls when I'm on the road for work and just see what they're doing. But they were teasing her. And so I went in there, I said, hey guys, here's the situation. She's you know, got autism and it's just, it's hard for her to understand your teasing. And they're like, well, who are you? And then in all caps, I'm like, I'm her father. And, like, and they're like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. Like, uh, sorry, we'll, we'll lay off. I'm like, thanks guys. Thank you for being understanding. But yeah, no, this is a realm. I remember exiting Roblox. Yeah. They're like, yeah. creepy dad, ew. 
<laughs> side note, like when they all reach out and start trying to friend me, I'm like, oh no, your parents are going to love that I'm 53 and you're trying to friend me. No, go away, go away, go away. <laughs> so Morgan's like, how come you don't have any friends? You got six friends. I'm like, yeah, all people I know, your nieces, nephews, and cousins, and you. That's it. I'm not going to, anyway. Yes. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't want to be creeper. <laughs> So, um, but, oh, David, yeah. now I'm going to find her on Roblox now, just because, just because <laughs> I'm going to go get a user profile now. There are some fun games on there. When I go on there with Morgan, there's a couple of games that Morgan loves to play and she loves me to join her. So there you go. Well, here's the deal. Okay. So I'm going to start with saying my neurotypical 15, almost 16 year old has made a friend through Apex Legends or some stupid game that he plays, who lives in Finland. They play together every single day, so much so that he lost a match a couple of months ago, and I had to send the kid cookies. It cost me 40 bucks to send this kid cookies. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm willing to do it because I've heard him talk more about this kid than his actual friends at school, and that's my neurotypical son. Aiden, for the most part, gets, I think he meets more hackers than anything else. And I don't know why he continues to trust them. And they say, oh, yeah, if you give me your login, I'll make sure you get all of this. And he continues to do it. And then he gets hacked every time. And I keep having to explain to them, these are not your friends. Please don't make friends yeah. with these people. They're not going to be trustworthy enough to not steal all your shit. Stop giving them your login. But I would say, I think we should yes. get all of our kids together in Roblox <laughs> since we all are a similar yes. platform. I'm sorry, Morgan, Morgan doesn't have help. room. She's already Zoom got 200 friends. Morgan's already got her limited friends. She couldn't possibly have any more because there's Sally in Sweden. <laughs> but if you we know, send her Roblox, jump. she should be fine. We'll send her Roblox and yes. she'll be fine to add him on. <laughs> She'll take cookies too. Right. <laughs> well, but here's my point too, though, is here I sit there and say that at no time has Caleb ever said to me, Mom, I want a play date with this person, or can this kid come over and play? But with that being said, he constantly is reaching out to these kids online that he's made friends with, and he says he never is without a friend virtually. And so while be it, in my mind, yeah. I just am like, oh my gosh, like I failed because he doesn't seek out kids from school. I have to put in perspective that like my kid races home to play with his friends on PS4 and wrote, you know, with Roblox and such, so, so on and so forth. But yeah, he has a whole world. And here's the other thing that's been cracking me up is that I, um, unfortunately, my bedroom wall which is right there, um, on the other side of my bedroom wall is the television. And so I can also hear Caleb and how he banters and talks into his headphones. And I'm telling you that there are times where I'm like, is that Tyler out there? Because it's like, bro, you're killing me. Like some of these things, like this very like typical, like, you know, and, and some of the little, you know, like comments he'll make when he like makes a good play or someone's like doing something dumb. It's like, I'm like, oh my gosh, he has the capability of sounding so neurotypical. But yet then when I listen to him doing virtual school, uh, my name is Caleb and I feel happy 
You know what I mean? And then the look on his face is like, wait a minute. Like, how is it that like in that context, like that was like painful, but yet I'm, I'm happy. And, and you're not, you don't look happy. And then you listen to him in like the context of, you know, playing in PS or Roblox world or PS4 world. And it's just like, bro, you rook, la, 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 la. And I was just like, is this Tyler or is this Caleb? And it actually, in fact, is Caleb. And so it's just like two you know, I, I can't, I haven't figured it out. Like I've been studying it now and listening and observing because it's like two totally different kids, but one only comes out when he's connected to his friends in some of these online games. And so anyway, so I have now put in perspective that I do consider that friendships because they get in fights, they get mad at each other too, right? Because they're not always, they get frustrated because such and such left the game and I'm like, la, 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 or I gave them this kitty and they were supposed to do blah, 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 but they end up working it out. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, wait, isn't that like the kid that you were ticked off with because they took your kangaroo and didn't give you the zombie buffalo or something or other? I mean, all sorts of stupid. And then it's like, oh yeah, well we already figured it out. But and I, I was just kind of like, oh, because I've been called a noob. Oh yeah, noob. Noob. I'm a noob. Or when I didn't do something right, or no, she she celebrates by going you. Or, um, you know, she'll yes. refer to me and she'll say, bruh. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, dad, what do you mean, bruh? Like, but these are all things that have come yes. from the platform. But you mentioned something else, which is just, this is a safe space for their kind of friendship. They're in their room or they're in their safe spot in the house. And they don't have, and I mean, let's be honest. Um, the type of like, oh my gosh, what are they going to do? They're on screen time. I get it. Um, I had tried smoking at this age, at Morgan's age. Um, I was a year away from trying smoking pot. And I'm like, okay. And I'm concerned about her being on the screen and who she's interacting with. God, I mean, the things I was doing to entertain myself, I guess they're at a safer spot than I was. Well, but you know, here's the Oh, thing I agree, David. There are a lot worse things. And again, same thing that I had to come to that realization on is that watching Aiden do his... Um, classes, I think Holly brings up a great point. He is more engaging with his special needs class because they give him one a day, then that's his first class he connects with. I physically watch him engage with all of these kids. He's super involved in the conversation. The minute he logs into any of other, his other classes, I look over and he's reading a book. And I was like, are you reading a book? He goes, yeah, well, everybody's just talking and it's boring. I was like, but this is what your class is, is everybody is talking and sharing their work. You need to be engaging. That's how you get your grade. You can't tune them out by reading a book like you would in a real classroom. Like they're going to expect you to be more involved with being on this class. But I can also say, and we can all admit that if Oregon Trail would have had online chat rooms, every single one of us would have been joined in and all linked in with our party. That's all I can say. Like I, if it was our day, oh, we totally. would have the exact same thing. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I remember in college, because this is how old I am, but in college when like chat rooms were, you know, internet was just becoming a thing in college. And I had one of my sorority sisters figure out these chat room things. And then she got, you got charged by the minute that you would use the internet. She ended up with a thousand dollar bill because she spent so much time in these chat rooms, just like text, like text talking with people. And then she was shocked. And then her parents were going to kill her. And it was just this whole thing. Because again, when technology kind of took off, that was kind of our, you know, and even with texting, you know, like I, my next door neighbor was just like, oh my God, I got my cell phone bill because early on 
It wasn't unlimited text. You had to pay per text, right? And he got an $800 bill because his daughters had figured out texting. You know what I'm saying? So again, you know, it's all kind of like, you know, we're kind of just the times are changing. And so we also, with times changing, we have to change our perspectives of what friendship is, what communication is, what socializing is. And so I'm really starting to be a lot more open-minded, especially during COVID when we have to even practice more social. I feel like the world is changing to really favor our kids because we're in COVID. Caleb has never once complained about social distancing now he's disappointed that he can't go and jump at like the trampoline park but he would want to do that by himself anyway so um you know what i mean i really feel like covid and social distancing has really favored our kids and so you know of all of the kids caleb is the one that's just like Meh, I, I see no problem here mm-hmm. i can do this forever oh no <laughs> what was that michelle i said aiden told me he's been planning for this for his whole life because he loves to just be alone yeah I, I i don't doubt it well thank you guys for joining me so that i could have some other autism tribe members kind of share your experiences when it comes to friendships um how our viewpoints have changed over time and so and again um keep in mind you know like autism is a spectrum and so i think like with all things there are some kids that really that are on the spectrum and they really crave those social interactions that really struggle with how to make and maintain those friendships and then you just have varying degrees of other kids that are in other kind of like you know phases of when they want them how they want them um so keep that in mind and i'm sure we're going to podcast um on this particular topic again in the future because it seems like things kind of circle back and then there's kind of a new you know lens that we need to look at friendships through because like we were talking today just the whole virtual world of of life has kind of changed right relationships and how we keep them and make them because i don't know about you guys but i am getting technology fatigue so when we have to just be on zoom meetings in order to connect it's just i'm not as excited about it now we have mom's night on thursday and i'm super jazzed for that because we're going to social distance and actually meet in person and i'm super jazzed about that because it's in person but when it's like oh virtual yeah yeah you know yeah i i mean i'll do that but it's not my favorite you know what i mean so Anyway, well, thank you guys for giving up part of your, yes, it's Tuesday night to be here. And we'll go ahead and wrap up this particular podcast of Isaac's Autism in the Wild. And that's it for now. If you want to be notified of our next podcast release, be sure to hit subscribe. And just remember, we're all in this together. So find your tribe and hold them tight.